Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Paddle Pod. This is your host, Andrew Russell, ED here at the ADCKC, and today's episode is beyond a pleasure. I am going to be joined by two rising superstars, sisters in fact, coming back, both of them, with medals from the Junior World Championships that just took place in Potesti, Romania. There's my tongue-tied today. So of course my guests are none other than Julia Liliosende and Adriana Liliosende, both of Micmac Amateur Aquatic Club. So without further ado, guys, welcome aboard the Paddle Pod. Thank you for having us. Awesome. So, first of all, without kind of uh, diving too deep into the races, I want to know, I've heard, Julia, that three minutes after the race, you had an interesting request of one of your coaches. (laughs) Can you tell us what that was? Yeah, well, all summer, I've been really wanting to paddle on the K4. And my coach, Chris, said that if I did well at Worlds and won again... Did you well in canoe events? Yeah. Okay. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> that he'd let me race whatever I wanted at nationals. So my request was K4 500. So will you guys be teaming up in that race together? Um, probably. I mean, we're kind of short on numbers, especially okay. in the U18 category. So I'd imagine that she'd be in the K4. Are you saying that Julia is not your first choice in kayak? I mean, if there's other kayakers, like we want to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. But like, you know... I don't, she's not too bad. I went on a K4 with her once and she wasn't horrible. She's a pretty strong girl, so. <laughs> Great. And what a, cool, what a cool experience for you. Adri, I guess, mm-hmm. just so the, the people are listening can get in on the cool terms and nicknames. So Adri, yeah. um, what, what an awesome experience. You go to the Junior World Championships and you win the first ever women's K4 500 medal. Yeah. Did that, like, did that, when did that sink in that you guys literally made history for the country? Well, like, we did our heat and it was really good. Like, we won our heat. We were direct to A final. So we were like, okay, we're already doing better than most of the K4s have done. Right. But, like, you know, it's, it's a heat. So you can't expect that to really reflect how you're going to do in the final. So run us through that. What was the heat like? So the heat, we basically went out there. Well, we went out there with the intention to, like, we hadn't really done many time controls in K4 before. So we were kind of ready to just, like, get direct to A final. You know, we felt really powerful. We mm-hmm. had a really strong crew. Confidence and, um, was there? Yeah, yeah, it was there. And, like, our warm-up felt really good. We were just ready. And then we go out there, and, like, we had a really good start. Um, we kind of, like, almost lost power right before the, the finish. Mm-hmm. And then last 100 meters, we just pulled ahead, and, like, it was amazing. Uh-huh. But we we had to refocus. And but, re- remind our listeners, what seat are you in in the, in the K4? I'm first. I'm so sure. you're in the first seat in the K4. Yeah. So do you have a sense early on that, hey, we're out front, or is your periphery something? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean... I know when we're gonna, it's gonna either build up and get faster or if we're just gonna stay. Cause mm-hmm. like the power comes from the back. So, I mean, I'm basically just setting the, the, like the pulse of the mm-hmm. boat. Mm-hmm. And like, but the stroke rate really comes from the back. So I can't bring it up unless the back starts to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And like when you really feel that, it's like such a good feeling. You're like, okay, we got this. Uh-huh. So it was great. Did you, did you lose your voice during a heat? 
I did. Her, <laughs> my sis, both my sister's races, Laurent's race, and um, Sophia's race, and the C2 200, my voice was yeah. like screeching all weekend after that. Yeah, no, I completely lost my voice. Like, mm-hmm. I did not have a voice on our way home. I could not speak. <laughs> like, that's so funny. That's yeah. great, too. It's, it, you know, it speaks to a great, like, a team mm-hmm. that was pretty connected. And I mean, yeah. you guys made history. Mm-hmm. Like we said, you know, not to focus solely on medals because there was great performances that landed mm-hmm. just outside the medals as mm-hmm. well. But, you know, going to that, I mean, because you are two, you know, superstars. I know you're both very humble, but you come back <laughs> with superstar performances. What does um, that do for you? Like, walk me through the K4 race when you realized, you know, holy enter your expletive. We just won a yeah. medal. What, what, what's going through your head? Maybe you um, go first, Adri, because we were going through yeah. the story and then I'll get your take too, Julia. Well, I mean, it was amazing. Like, we went in there with like, our our time was the third fastest time overall. Okay. And like, we were like, okay, we, we can do this. Like, we kind of had like, just a wake up call. Of, like, okay, we're actually like in this. Like, we're not just here to like, you know, maybe sit in the back of the A final and like you know do our best with like a eighth mm-hmm. which should still be like good or something like that but like but we you're knew aiming, you're aiming pretty high yeah we were we were going for the medal and like i just remember like usually i get like a tunnel vision in the middle of my races like mm-hmm. you know like dead focus on the finish i just remember thinking to myself i'm getting a medal like <laughs> and i could just feel the girls in the back like they wanted it so bad and like i mean i could see everything like i knew we crossed that line in third and it was amazing. Like, it was the best start I've probably ever done in a K4. Like, we were up there. It felt wow. like it was amazing. That's and, like, so great. We docked, and it was like we were just over, like, joyed with, like, and know. And both of you get the joy of, of sharing that with mm-hmm. teammates, right? So, yeah. Julia, I mean, you repeated your performance mm-hmm. uh, as world champion once again. So, um, you kind of had that experience before mm-hmm. to springboard, but there's a different kind of pressure sometimes associated with expectations from the outside. And like your world champion, you know, we expect you to be a world champion again. Did you feel that going into your race, or how did you manage that to come out on top once again? <laughs> well, um, the first two, I didn't race till the majority of my teammates were done. I didn't race till Saturday and mm-hmm. Sunday. I luckily didn't have to do semis. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember the first few days of training, I was so stressed because mine and Sophia's setup was slightly off, so we didn't feel as good as we normally did. And just even being on a different uh, water, like different base of water, can just like change how you feel. And in Romania, the water's a lot slower, it's a lot heavier, yeah, it's, it's a lot really colder. Cold. It's very cold. Okay. Yeah. So like even at first, I was just really trying to like handle my emotions, and then luckily. Um, I started to feel more at peace as we trained more. So what was it that you did? I mean, these are the kind of things you like try to pull out for other listeners. What did you do to manage your emotions? Um, well, I really, I talked about it with, I, try, I didn't freak out about it or bring stress to the tent really, but uh-huh. I did like pull my coach aside and talk to it and he kind of talked me through it and just me and Sophia are really like vocal in C2. Okay. Like we're kind of perfectionists in a way, like we both really like to make everything as good as we can sure um but really just like talking it through and then knowing that even that we just had it and we didn't need to change anything we just needed to trust ourselves mm-hmm. that was a big one for me yeah and, and then, so was there a definitive moment when you thought off water you felt good enough and then did you have a different 
I mean, I used to call it the connection or the feel for the water. Was there something else that as soon as you kind of, you know, felt more at peace, like to quote you, Mm -hmm. um, how did that translate on water? Um, Well, I think after Sophia was done racing too, because she was also, this is her second time, she had a lot of pressure on her. Mm -hmm. Um, She was just more at ease and it also made me more at ease. And then going into the heats, we both... um, we both thought like we just really don't want to go to semi so let's just try to feel as good as we can and work hard and after the heat we just felt a lot better and after seeing like our time and our placement and knowing that that wasn't our full effort and we could like put so much more out there for the final mm-hmm. we just felt a lot more at peace oh that's wonderful and then take us through the final like yeah. uh well the final is like one it was definitely the best race of my life like from start to finish it was just we like executed our race plan perfectly like off the start i think a lot of the other uh countries plan was just to try to keep up with us to kind of make us panic but we were just able to keep our like have a good start keep it like a really good efficient pace in the middle and then like um pull ahead at the end and it just we just executed it really well and it just it felt amazing that's great and it was just like so much better than our race last year because last year we had um we we had more like issues like we our start race last year like we didn't actually really start together mm-hmm. we kind of started behind and we really had to work a lot harder to pull ahead at the end mm-hmm. rather than just like let the race plan do unfold yeah. yeah and so, you crossed yeah, in the right spot such a, yeah <laughs> such an amazing feeling especially because i felt like a lot more pressure this year uh-huh. to actually like compete at a higher level and sure. just i was like expected to kind of win right uh huh, and it would be slightly different, right? Like, um, the the canoe discipline mm-hmm. is in, in many ways it's not um, as mature, like in terms of total years, yeah. right? So it, every year you're seeing the competition from developing nations yeah. improve and improve mm-hmm. and improve, which raises the level, right? Mm-hmm. Because it comes that much harder to get into finals. Mm-hmm. Did you observe that? Did you think that the depth of field felt much stronger than the previous year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we actually. I was honestly most nervous for the Chinese at first, especially in the heats, because uh, we actually raced them earlier this year in Brandenburg, and they were they weren't like that far off of us, but we could see that they definitely improved a bit, mm-hmm. and um, we actually thought they were going to be a lot closer than they were because they were really with us for the first three hundred meters of the race, mm-hmm. and we were actually really surprised by the hung- Hungarians this year. Like they were both a bit younger; I think they're both like seventeen, and they actually ended up second. So it was nice to see like the level of competition rise a bit and it just made the race a lot more fun. Oh, that's yeah. great. So what, I'll go back to you, Adri, um, just to kind of sum this up, because at least I enjoy it. I'm sure people do as well. What, um, tell us, like, take us through your emotions. What, what, what's the feeling you have standing in that, that podium spot, you know, wearing your Canada jacket? And, and I'm sure at this point, probably your coaches have let you know the gravity of this performance. Like, it's really like a yeah. milestone. What What's going through your head? Well, like, I remember it was, like, different from when we docked. Because when we docked, it was almost like we were in disbelief. And, like, you know, we were just like, wow, this is amazing. But, like, when we were on that podium, it felt like we really deserved it. And we were just as good as, you know, we worked just as hard. We were, like, part of this competition um it felt like we were really like actually starting to represent Canada because you know everyone else did it like all the other disciplines do like really well and like women's kayak like you know we're getting up there Mm -hmm. I mean we still do very well but it's like 
you know, I felt like it was about time. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. And you know what? All the disciplines over time, I think you'll see some cyclical yeah, um, so paths where sometimes, you know, we mm-hmm. certainly go back to the standouts like Carolyn Brunet and, yeah. and Karen Furneaux and others, yeah, um, Sue Hawley. But yeah, it was definitely, it's a big, Yeah, you know, it was nice to see it in K4 sure. as well. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. So that sense of belonging, what does that do for your headspace going forward? Well, it just gives you like a lot of motivation i think because like you know we don't get to compete like with so many so many of like the strong countries as much as like they would in like you know like european championships and races Mm -hmm. like that so it's like we only have few chances to like compare ourselves really in racing Mm -hmm. like we can see the results and everything but it's a whole different thing to race there and like um, I've been to Hopes before and it was like, this is just completely different. Like, mm-hmm. And then for, for our listeners, you're referencing the Olympic Hopes Regatta, yeah. which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of the rising stars from around the world mm-hmm. regatta. And so you mm-hmm. said they're very different regattas. Yeah, they're very different. Like Hopes has about half the countries maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the team's a lot bigger. It's just like, yeah. it, they, it's more the, easygoing. Yeah, they don't sure. always bring like their A crews, any, like sure. the other countries don't always bring their A crews. Typically at the end of a full season. Exactly, so yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, people yeah. are transitioning a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you? What, what was the feeling? Was it relief? Was it excitement, Julia, um, when you're on, on the podium? What, oh, what went through your mind? It was just like a big relief because Last year I went for two races, C2 200 and 500. So mm-hmm. kind of the first race, the first race was like my first big or international race, and that's where I released like a lot more of my stress, mm-hmm. right? And then by the second race, by C2 500 last year, it was more just like um, to go like prove a point mm-hmm. rather than just um, I just had like different reasons to want to win. But this year is more just like I had to like fully execute and be in the right mindset. And just to cross the line and have a good race and no like fumbles or speed wobbles, it was just an amazing feeling. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And and both of you kind of alluded to it. I'm curious because I think that this helps a lot of young people. Um, you know, as sport becomes more competitive, the one thing at your age and probably a little bit younger, and there's like a window there, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it like that mm-hmm. next gen window of, you know, 16 to 21 year olds, when all of a sudden the margins in competition become so much tighter, right? Mm-hmm. And there's an inherent pressure because there's always somebody right beside you, right? Yeah. Like both of you seem to reference this kind of sense of calm coming from like feeling like you belonged and, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that confidence to be in that moment and mm-hmm. succeed. Where, where, what do you do with that to channel it going forward? Like, are you already thinking ahead to the next season on how to like uh, keep that energy going, or like, where is your head now? Well, for me right now, like being able to do that for me, it shows me that my like weeks in Florida really did pay off, and that like it's, it's such an amazing moment, like knowing that all your work paid off, especially standing on the top of the podium at Worlds. It's just an unreal feeling. And I don't know, it just gives me a lot more confidence in myself and just, it makes me like appreciate more like my hard work and Mm -hmm. my achievements. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know about other people, but I'm always thinking about the next season and like, it just always, like this just excited me so much because it's just like, it motivates me so much to like just train harder, do those extra weeks, like, you know, it gives you something to push for more, like, Mm -hmm. But feeling like you belong there gives you more of like an incentive to win like you know it just 
I don't know, it just yeah. made me feel like I was actually like part of the bigger like paddling community mm -hmm. and that I can actually like, you know, work towards my goals of like getting better results and being on the podium more, you know? Mm -hmm. It really gives you like, um, like when you're training hard and you feel like giving up, it kind of, it's in the back of my mind always to think like, well, if I don't give up now, I can push more and I can get to the next level of the international stage. Mm -hmm. So I find that helps me a lot. So, so between the two of you, I mean, we like to think of, of the paddling season. It's a long and, uh, you know, it's a lot of work that goes into these mm -hmm. single races. Um, you guys are really unique because not only do you get to support each other year round, you also don't compete directly against mm -hmm. each other. So it's mm -hmm. a nice, I assume, probably a pretty supportive kind mm -hmm. of combination. Mm -hmm. What's that like going into this like off season in the past year? Do you train together actively all the time, like off on dry land kind of stuff? And how do you guys work together? Yeah, well, we do weights and runs together mostly. Mm -hmm. Like, um, well, the whole club does, but um, we also like train together and like to like support each other too. And even on the water the past summer, I've been since the Micmac uh, Women's Canoe Group has been slowly dying off, I've been having to go with their group a lot. Uh -huh. So it's kind of nice to see my sister on the water and train like by her. Well, not by her. She's a lot faster than me. But like <laughs> yeah. in the same general group. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I mean, we do train head to head when it comes to like running and weights, running, and weight, swimming. Are you guys you competitive know? with each other? We're definitely competitive with each other. Yeah. That, like... But when it comes to paddling, like, we're both very supportive of each other, like... Yeah. Like, after pieces, hard workouts, we always usually talk to each other, like, yeah. check up on each other. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and share water bottles if one of us forgets one. Yeah, cool. true. Do you guys have any funny quirks? Training? Um, um, not really. Sometimes I'll go up to her and tell her to get on my wash and just, yeah. like, yeah. go a bit too hard, but, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. We're there for each other as much yeah. as we can be. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, I love having like my twin sister in, in the same sport as I am. It's yeah. great. Who's older though? I am. Like six minutes. Six, six minutes, minutes older? Yeah. Okay, She reminds cool. me almost every day. <laughs> Do you guys have that like quasi twin telepathy connection? Um, well, I think I did a bit this year. <laughs> yeah. Especially during racing. Like when I was watching Adjie race, um, if I was at the hotel live streamer there, I could just like. I felt so, like I got a sense of how she felt before she came off the water <laughs> or during her race. And I, I don't know. Was it accurate? Yeah. I mean, usually, yeah. Like, sometimes she'd come up to me and she'd be like, oh, you're pumped right now, aren't you? Or like, oh, that wasn't as good for you, was it? And I was like, you know, she's usually right. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we know each other pretty well, yeah. but like, she's usually right with that, that okay. sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, um, <laughs> you know. We talk a lot about like the, the medals and everything and um, you had a second race as well, which um, result wise wasn't as good, but probably yeah. pretty motivating. Um, one thing I was curious about, just like some rapid fire stuff, because I think the team dynamic is so fun. You bring people from all different clubs and, yeah. and parts of the country together. So first question, more independent to you two, what did you go and eat after you were finished racing? I had... A lot of ice cream. <laughs> a lot of ice cream? Burgers and fries. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah, um, a lot of fries. Well, Mayo always gets really mad at me and Sophia because although most athletes really completely cut out junk food, we both have really big sweet tooth, so we can't really cut it out completely. So what's the vice you guys can't get rid of? 
uh, for me and Sophia, since the hotel we were staying at, they had Kit Kat bars every night in the mini fridge. <laughs> and I'm yeah. pretty sure we ate one every single night just to calm the nerves. Okay. At that point, it's not like you can improve your nutrition that much. So it's more about calming nerves. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have as big of a sweet tooth, so I'm not, I don't give in to temptation as much as they do. But like... They'd have some pretty good croissants every morning, oh and I'd have one of those, and I think it'd help me raise, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, who is the funniest person on the team? Hmm. Probably Cam Lowe. I don't know if you've ever oh, yeah, seen Cam. his race warm up. It's Cam the Lowe. funniest thing in the world. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure the coaches told him to go to the back of the parking lot so he wouldn't embarrass us. Well, he needs about like 100 meters for what, his. What does he do? He just does like. Well, he's a kayaker. He's yeah. the men's yeah. guy. No, no, sorry. What does he do for the warm-up? Um, oh, well, I think for, he, like, he listens to the song Hi- um, Highway to Hell, or what's it called? Yeah. For, like, on repeat. And then uh, I think for the first, like, ten minutes, he just jumps around. And then he has, like, this really set warm-up, which is, like, three minutes long, where he, like, runs around, like, swings his arms really, like, aggressively and... It's just everyone always is staring, and it's just so. And funny. it's like a forty-minute warm-up, yeah, at least. So the other countries are watching him. Do I mean, Denmark was right beside us, and they were all watching him. Like, what is he doing? It's pretty. It's pretty amazing to watch. Like, I could probably watch him warm up for the whole forty minutes. Oh my god! Just in like, Montreal, their tent's usually right by us, and it's like the highlight of my trip. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about so? Who, he's the funniest in terms of his warm-up. Um, what was the song of the trip? Was there one song that was on repeat other than Highway to Hell? I mean, at the course, they played a lot of Queen. Oh, and yeah. like, and they played a lot of like throwback songs. So that was pretty like fun to hear because like you just like randomly hear people like singing along because everyone knew the songs. Yeah, they bl- in the cafeteria at the course, they always were blasting music. Oh, yeah. In the cafeteria, it was like club music. Yeah. <laughs> So, and it was so loud. You'd just be trying to eat your food and there'd be like full-on club music <laughs> and you'd just be there like, you know, trying to resist dancing. <laughs> but it was pretty fun. Um, so, uh, also, Chris said Chase Hong is obviously very proud of you. you guys mm-hmm. works with you guys closely. Um, was there any really great advice that he gave you before your races this year? I mean, well, for me, like... My, like, worst thing when it comes to racing, especially at the beginning, is always overthinking. Um, Like, overthinking my race or just, like, making my stroke too short. Like, that's, like, when I have a bad race, it's usually because I'm doing that. Okay. Right? But um, for me to, like, kind of get over that and be able to race at my best even when I'm, like, anxious or nervous, he his best advice to me has always been, like, just think of one stroke at a time and really just, like, let the race play and unfold. Yeah, like, I mean... Some words that he said, like, he said to us all summer, even when we, when we had the training camp with the other girls, like, when they were here, um, he would just always tell us, like, it's the same thing that you always do, like, the same race, you're just in a different place, yeah. and, like, you're, like, he would always just reinforce the fact that we were there to compete, we're not just there to, like, you know, like, do the best, maybe, like, mm-hmm. get, get, just get into the A final, he's like, no, you're there to compete, like, just kind of normalizing that sense like hey don't be afraid to aim really high Mm -hmm. and that really helped me yeah well for me and Sophia to calm our nerves for like the c2500 um since we went to Brandenburg earlier and that was like our best race of the season so far 
mm-hmm. um, we just thought of it like we were there back again and just like or just we had like the same training partners from back at her club right beside us which I find that really helps it just like lets you relax and just think of doing the same thing you do in practice mm-hmm. awesome so we're just going to take a quick break uh, and we'll be back with more excitement with the, the twins the Lilio Sendai <laughs> twins and all their excitement in the paddling season but first we want to say a special mention to a couple of partners so Number one, we want to say a special thank you to Lululemon. They've been a great supporter of ours this season, and uh, they're helping support some of our top athletes coming up, as well as uh, some gear for our staff here. So a special thanks to Lululemon. Really wonderful apparel, comfortable. Somehow it still smells nice the next day. Uh, Jokes aside, though, we really genuinely appreciate their support. So if you are in need of that nice, technical, comfortable wear, head on over to the Spring Garden location, Lululemon. Um, and another great partner of ours is made with local, healthy, delicious, no weird stuff, uh, weird stuff snacks. So granola bars, um, healthy instant oatmeals, as well as bar mixes where you can make it yourself. Uh, visit their site, madewithlocal.com. We love their product. I'm a little bit biased. And uh, we just really appreciate all the support and the product that they're uh, generously supporting our events and systems with. So special thanks to Made With Local. Again, visit them at madewithlocal.com. And to Lululemon, special thanks again. And visit them on Spring Garden Road. Now, back to the episode. All right, so... I've got the Lilio Sendes here. If you're just tuning in somehow late in this episode and you're one of our many dozens of listeners, um, we're talking Junior Worlds recap. And now I want to go forward. The upcoming Canoe Kayak Canada National Championships are ahead where you get to race for your club, have some fun. We know you're racing, Julia, in the K4 event, which is uh, a highlight of your race card. What are you most excited about, Audrey? Um, I'm pretty excited to try the k1000 because i'm not i don't generally do k1000 i'm more of like a 200 you know 500 person right so i'm excited to try that what advice would chris have you if you say i'm gonna try that chris is like go for the triple crown yeah there you go (laughs) i mean like generally i'm pretty enthusiastic about it like and he's just like is there like yeah you can do it like you can do it and i'm just like yeah i can (laughs) i mean i'm gonna try like it's what he's training us for like i think he's pretty excited to see what we can do wonderful yeah um i guess like to always kind of finish on a kind of positive note for Mm -hmm. some of the the kids listening i mean you're both young people but uh, i'm sure there's a lot of athletes that are looking up to you we have a really amazing um sport here and it's great that you guys do a ton of your training on lake Banook, you know amongst Mm -hmm. thousands of screaming kids that one day will maybe be just like you (laughs) what advice do you have young kids that are coming up that are interested in, in paddling canoe or kayak or getting involved Um, just to really stay with it and like just because you don't make that one team doesn't mean it's over like Mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to see when everyone's focusing on one team but I know that you know there's so much more you can do there's so much that can change in one year Mm -hmm. so just to stay with it you know keep a positive attitude just do it because you like doing it and mm-hmm. just really enjoy it because it's not gonna you're not gonna be doing it forever. I mean, you mm-hmm. know. That's wonderful mm-hmm. advice. Was there a specific hardship you'd be willing to share, or a bit of adversity that you felt you overcame that you apply that to? Yeah, I mean, 
like for the past two years I've kind of been like almost the next person to go to Worlds and like you know with Julia making it and I didn't make it it was like it's kind of tough but like I mean I got over it I was you know really ready to get make it this year <laughs> so it was almost like a motivator for my for me and like it wasn't that and it almost seemed like you know everything was done but like I just stayed with it and you know no, it, it helped it helped me a lot <laughs> like it was a very yeah. big motivator so yeah well I'd say my advice is pretty similar like for me I'd say yeah make sure like you really love and enjoy doing it and every day you're just focusing on how to improve yourself rather than just getting through the practice and just when you're racing just race to race and whatever outcomes you get like if you make teams or if you don't like that doesn't matter that's like the aftermath the only thing that matters is like if you, how you're racing and what mm-hmm. you're doing mm-hmm. and um i mean you both alluded to a lot like enjoy the moment enjoy the mm-hmm. sport enjoy the journey kind of the, mm-hmm. the common themes there mm-hmm. what is it that you like most about the sport um for me it's I don't know. I just love the people. I made so many of my best friends here, like and through paddling and through traveling. Like all the women's canoe girls this year are great. Even like the new, like last year it was just me, Kate and Sophia, and this year Ella joined us. And she was a bit younger than us, but she was honestly just a great person, fitting just great. It was nice to have a bigger yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the community is amazing. This sport, like I grew up doing a lot of different sports, and this one's just so different from any other sport that I've done. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I love how you can do individual events and crew outs and like war canoe which you know it's amazing it's like and there's so many opportunities yeah. for like mm-hmm. like olympic hopes and world junior world it's like it's amazing yeah i just love this sport so much yeah i definitely say olympic hopes like my first olympic hopes when we both went hungry 2016 was like yeah, the turning well. point for me it was just the year i realized that like, I could actually make something out of paddling and just how amazing racing internationally was. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I, I like that you talked about the community and the people. And mm-hmm. You know, I always love taking advantage of, of an opportunity just to plug how great this community yeah. is, right? Even people like your father that I see yeah. often volunteering. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we have so many great volunteers. The officials are all volunteers. Mm-hmm. We have coaches that mm-hmm. put in way more time than it should ever be expected yeah. of anyone, right? And it's just, it makes the sport what it is so that's such a, a wonderful note to, to finish on where can people find you do you want to advertise where you are on the online or any of that kind of stuff or no not so much um, no i mean we're both on instagram but yeah. that's just instagram more of like a, yeah okay <laughs> those are just more like personal accounts I guess. <laughs> great so guys we've been listening to an amazing story here from adriana and julia lilio sende um just really great stuff i mean we couldn't be more proud as the adckc and, and ckc and the paddling family i'm sure you have many more fans than you even realize at this <laughs> point um keep listening to the paddle pod you can find us at adckc and adckc.ca we're uh, forever grateful for all those people that take part in and, and make our sport what it is and uh, until next time keep enjoying the journey and taking good strokes and we'll have other great uh, people online so until next time this is andrew signing off of the paddle pod